business, marketing is a critical activity that can directly impact growth and profit. Yet with so many options available today, how can you choose the right marketing program for your business? Welcome to I Think I Need Marketing with Bonnie Taylor. If you're looking to better understand marketing, then you've stopped by the right show. Now here is your host, Bonnie Taylor. Hello and welcome to I Think I Need Marketing. I'm your host, Bonnie Taylor. And if you've been listening to the show, you've noticed that in past episodes, I've delved into each topic as a piece of your marketing program. Today, I want to bring all of these pieces together and help you develop your own marketing campaigns and individual projects. That's right. Today, we're talking about the process and how you can take that information you've sourced and pull it together to satisfy a single need. Now, on paper, it seems like a campaign should be very simple. You've identified a need, you have your tools, and you go out and get the public. (laughs) Go out and reach those buyers. There are a few steps that are uh, in between that identification and reach, that communication process. There is a process involved with any campaign Even a simple project, a single one-off project, still needs to go through a number of steps to make sure that you've completely covered your bases. You are in compliance with your brand, and you have identified everything that should go right with with this project before it goes out the door. What I want to do today is share my own process and my own steps that I've used, uh, I've actually developed after 25 years in marketing, what I've developed to create a campaign. And this is what I use in my own firm, my firm CCS Innovations. Uh, We are celebrating 10 years this month, so it's been in place for some time, and we've used it across all industries, clients around the world, all different sizes. If it's a tiny business or a very, very large business, the process for developing a campaign is still the same. We'll use it in marketing projects. We'll use it in design projects. That's because this process hits on all of the important elements that we need to know, that we need to satisfy to run a successful campaign. Now that I have thoroughly teased this process, this magic process, and piqued your interest, you must know more about how I develop a campaign. Let me tell you where it starts. What's the first step? And this is where it's going to be a bit of a letdown (laughs) because the first step is kind of boring. I name it. I name the campaign. Uh, You may be thinking, well, that seems kind of silly. Why would you bother naming it? It's the one we're running in May. The reason is, especially if you're running uh, multiple campaigns, it's helpful to have names to track them. It's helpful to have a reference back because over time, you want to have some sort of, okay, when we ran the blank campaign, whatever that name may be, uh, we did this and we achieved this and we, we tried that and it worked. If it's just the one that you ran in May 2019, well, it doesn't quite have the same feel. It doesn't have the same kind of uh, um, life to it. So naming it helps uh, from the identity standpoint, but it also helps in your marketing calendar because you'll have that name right there. You can say, oh, it's everything that's affiliated with that campaign. If you're running multi-channels, for instance, let's say you have something that's running um digital advertising plus print advertising plus direct mail plus uh, billboards plus what all the different things you could do. If you have all those running, you can tag them by the campaign. So then it becomes, uh, let's say you're opening up a new office in Dublin, Ireland. So it's new office promotion, new office awareness or new office launch Dublin, Ireland campaign. Or if you have a promotion that you're running and it's off of your product, so it's a 50% off Mother's Day special campaign. All these different things help you track and then you can color code if you want on your calendar to that name and track it back and then budget back and understand what worked and what didn't in that campaign because it's all kind of under that same umbrella name. So that's where I start. I start with the name and I try to be as clear as possible. Um, There are occasions where some of the campaigns are a little bit more top secret, at least in the development stage. So we may not be as uh, obvious. And this is more when I was in-house and we weren't letting people know. Um, 
so we would name it something else. We'd give it a, a code name, for instance. <laughs> Ooh, code names. But in the develop, it, it needs to have some sort of something so everybody kind of keeps on the same page. I also identify the theme because the theme is going to work throughout all the different pieces. If it's a theme of uh, family, let's say family in the springtime, um, so you want to show like you know picnics or people in uh, springtime out you know outfits or something like that, or if it's a theme of um, uh, cutting edge, next technology, new technology, then I know that that whatever theme is going to have to have all the imagery that's surrounding this campaign has to come back to that theme. So it can be the theme should be fairly specific and and as detailed as you possibly can if you really want to get into the, to the nitty gritty details of saying like if you're showing people you want people who have. Um, certain style to them if you want somebody of certain age for instance or if you want somebody who's doing something like in an activity um, if you're a, a kind of an athletic type of company running a campaign then you want people who look like they're performing at a certain level uh, in, an, in a sport for instance so that theme is going to dictate and drive all of the different images that you put in there but it's also going to drive the content the story that you're telling any information that you put into the campaign's pieces, as far as its text, is going to have to tie back to that theme. So you can see how the theme is really kind of driving the ship. It's, it's telling you and everybody who works on your campaign what needs to go into each individual piece. Just know you'll probably spend some time on the theme, developing it, because it is important and it is driving the rest of the, rest of the campaign. Once you have a sense of what you're trying to achieve, because you've got that kind of theme driving back to whatever the goal is, and you have a name, the next biggest thing is doo -doo 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 -doo, the deadline. <laughs> oh, I know what a letdown. Uh, the deadline, because there are deadlines that are very, very important to the individual campaigns, and you should lock into each one of those, um, like when artwork is due for different advertising campaigns, for instance. But your overall deadline, when are you trying to get this out to the public? When is this released? Now, the term we use in my firm is final deadline. Final deadline is a little misleading. What it really means is our final deadline to get the first piece out the door. And that's because, if you're, especially with multi-channel efforts, you may find that you're staggering across a period of time. So you may have uh, your campaign pieces may be running across uh, several weeks or several months, even a couple of years if it's a longer-reaching campaign. That final deadline really means that first piece has to be finished and out the door by that deadline, and that's what's officially kicking off the campaign. Very important to know what that final deadline is because it correlates with whatever tools you're using. Whatever uh, pieces you have in place have their own individual deadlines. Those tools have their own deadlines. You need to know what those deadlines are. If you're advertising, it could be a couple of months ahead of time before it actually is printed or actually sent out. They may have a production process of their own. So that final deadline may be well in advance of when it will actually reach the public, when it will actually reach your buyers. Just something to keep in mind. Now, to throw a wrench in this works, you may not know the final deadline at the start of your campaign development. Why? because you haven't identified all the campaign tools yet. You have not looked at what mix and what how you're going to run that multi-channel campaign. And because you don't know what the tools are, you don't know their individual deadlines. So what you can do instead is put a working deadline and that deadline while you're in development becomes when you want to target the buyers with this message or when you want to get that campaign out the door. Then you can go back and change it as needed if, um, it's something that uh, you find in your process, okay, wait a minute, we have to back it up a little bit because of this tool and their deadline is a little bit different. Anyway, enough of the boring part. <laughs> the initial setup of the campaign, the three things that you need before you can even start anything else. Where I go from there is the pre-launch work. And this is where research, all the research that you've collected on your buyers and your marketplace and your competitors, this is where all that kind of comes into play. And you want to look at it and say, okay, 
this is who we're trying to reach. We've already profiled our buyers. We have either one or two level for primary or secondary level buyers. We've you know identified them to the point where we know how they shop and we understand what kind of images uh, resonate with them and help them in their purchasing process. And we've understood what their cycle is, if they need to see things more than once, if they see, need to see things and then go and research it online, if they want to have a downloadable, if they want to watch a video, whatever it may be, we've already researched that part of the process. So we're pulling all of this information together and then we're comparing that data with our, bu- with our budget and how much we can realistically spend on this campaign. If you've set a marketing budget for the entire year, then you know that you can parse out a portion of it for your individual campaigns. I kind of separate campaigns into two different types. I I separate them into maintenance campaigns, ones where I'm just trying to keep a brand out in the marketplace, trying to keep my name out there. So it's not like related to an individual promotion as much as it's getting my, my business out and keeping it in mind and reminding these buyers, hey, we're still here. You should still look at us. You should still compare us with the competition. You should still buy from us. You should still go to our website. We haven't disappeared. We're still here. Maintenance campaigns are very, very important because you want to keep your brand fresh in the buyer's eyes. You want to make sure that they don't forget about you. That's different from a promotional campaign. A promotional campaign is one where you will have an actual offer for them. You're trying to push something individually and give them something and they want you want them to act on it within a set time period. So it could be a promotion that ends within a month or two, or it could be a sale that has a fixed date. It could be uh, an open house, for instance. So a promotional campaign has that kind of focused effort. If it's just maintenance, you know that you can set it out, okay, we want to do something every single month, and therefore we can budget every single month because we know that's coming, and we know that we have to do all these different things just to keep our brand within the marketplace. Promotions, different because they're going to be on a different cycle. You're not necessarily going to run a promotion every month. You could, but it's it may be something different. It may be something that's special. You know, it could be related to holidays or it could be related to your own industry activities, like a big trade show coming up and you want to do some promotions around that. So your budget, when you're looking at your budget and you're looking at how you want to relate that campaign uh, back to your budget, Keep in mind which version is, is it? Is it the promotion or is it the maintenance? The maintenance, you should already have that parsed out because you're going to be maintaining every single month within your marketplace. Your promotional budget may be a little bit different. You may have said, okay, I'm going to run a promotion every quarter, for instance, and I've set aside this much money to run promotions every quarter. Either way, you're going to know that you have money to spend you should know you have money to spend because you should have already set up your budget. If not, go back to my budgeting episode and go through the process and make sure that you have money set aside for marketing and enough money to accomplish whatever goal that is. So you've set aside your budget and you can say, okay, you compare your buyers, your marketplace, your industry, all the different little factors that make your business unique and compare it with how much you have to spend and what you're trying to accomplish. If it's just keeping awareness, okay, that's one thing. If it's trying to draw as many people as possible into this one single event or this one single time period, that's a different story. So that's you'll start looking at that information and comparing those two things and kind of going back and forth and back and forth. Okay, I'm trying to reach them here. How much can I spend there? And then you have to start collecting information about the production costs and individual tool prices. If you're running a multi-channel campaign, then you're going to need to pay for each individual effort. Now, a quick side note about those production costs, because it is an area that seems to catch some smaller business owners, or at least people who are newer to business, off guard. Uh, if you've budgeted for the cost of the tool, the cost of inserting that ad in a paper or a cost of running that digital campaign, but not the production of the ad itself, then you're going to find yourself, whoa, wait a minute, I'm way overpaying for this campaign because I only budgeted for that first portion and not the second. 
while I can't give you individual costs associated with developing campaign pieces, uh, because you may be in different different part of the country or a different part of the world, you may be going after one type of tool and not another. It's, it's a little hard to give you an exact estimate. What I can say is that you're looking at time and you're looking at what people will need to put into your effort. And the money you put in generally is the quality you're going to get out. Uh, you can find discount, like discount logos, for instance. You can find um, $5 logos. Those are logos that are going to be used again and again and again. You're going to see your logo in other places. Um if you're looking at having somebody just put a simple postcard together and they're using a template, well, it's going to look like everybody else's. And if you think about, if we go back to that, how many impressions people get in a day, up to 10,000 different advertisements in a day, if they see the same thing over and over and over again, but a different, it's going to be confusing and it's not going to have a same level of effectiveness. So just know that your campaign is going to requires some outside help unless you have an internal department it's going to require some outside development help and you need to budget for that as well there are some production houses or houses within uh, advertising situations or within the tool itself so if you pick let's say like a digital ad they may be able to help you but these people are very very busy and they're more interested in production not necessarily unique design um so trying to match your brand or trying to match your style may not fall within their uh, skill set or within their um, priority list, frankly. So you're better off finding an agency or somebody, if you don't have it in-house, finding somebody to help you develop this campaign so that it is on brand. It is exactly what you wanted. It's what you need and, and will fit with your marketplace. We're up against a commercial. When we come back, I'm going to continue on with developing a marketing campaign and go through the next steps that are involved in this development process. You are listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention this show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or a comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. If you're just joining us, today's topic is about developing a marketing campaign or an individual project, but primarily a marketing campaign. And I am sharing my own process for going through the steps, the stages, all the different bits and tools associated with that development. What I do to check off all of the different components and make sure that I've done my best job to get this campaign ready to go out the door. I started with, before we took the break, I started with the the three basics, the very simple parts of the campaign, which of course, naming the campaign, 
and developing the theme for the campaign. And that theme has to tie back to what you're trying to achieve. Whatever that end goal is, whatever your business activity is, it's kind of the the front and center for that campaign theme. This is where you develop the style of of the campaign. Is it going to be a humorous campaign? If you think about like Geico's commercials where they're always kind of funny. Uh, actually, any insurance commercial, it seems like these days, has some kind of slant to it. Is it a campaign where you're going to touch the heartstrings? Are you going to play off of someone's patriotic sense of of duty? Or are you going to try and guilt them into doing something? It's a case of uh, after a, a major disaster and you have all of this and they don't have anything and you are trying to um, guilt somebody into donating Or are you trying to play off their sense of, I want to belong, I want to be the cool person. So everything associated with the campaign has to be ultra cool. If it's, uh, if you're trying to reach, for instance, teenagers, and you are using the latest and whatever, whatever, whatever the kids like these days, (laughs) um, whatever it may be, is what you put into the campaign. And so that theme is going to tell you and say, hey, I want to have this imagery. I want to use these colors. I want it to be very bright and cheerful, or I want it to be very dark and scary. All that falls into the theme. After I went through the theme, then I talked about the deadline and setting a budget for your individual projects and for the overall campaign itself. Now we're up to the development of the mix and choosing the individual tools. Again, going back to the stage one where it was the pre-project research where you knew your buyers and you knew your marketplace and you have a good solid understanding of how the individuals purchase and what what makes them go, oh yeah, I've got to look at that. I have to look at that. Uh, once you've got that research aside, you know what tools will work because it's really simple. People who like to go online and only shop online and only look at things in social media and only this and well, okay, it's very easy to pick tools then. It's just a matter of going and matching which ones are best fit for that demographic profile. If it's a, of a, a younger audience, those kids again, or are you trying to reach an older audience, then you just match up with those buyers. Once you've kind of got a sense of which tools you want to include in the campaign, then you can look at their own individual deadlines and costs. And this is where you may have to play a little bit of like uh, going back to that movie, Sophie's Choice. Okay, I really like this one and I really like that one, but this one is the one that fits better because I can afford it. (laughs) Or this one is one that gives me a bigger bang for my buck. I can reach more people and I get more opportunities to reach them because it has a longer shelf life or it has more um, a longer impression cycle if it's like digital advertising again. So you have to look and compare them and weigh them out and say, okay, which ones are a best fit? Which one will work for my budget? And budget really drives a lot here because if you had unlimited funds, well, it'd be really, really easy. Just buy everything. You just buy out the entire website that you're advertising on and you would buy out the entire magazine and all all the different things that you can do in that wonderful, jolly, uh, fictional world <laughs> where we're unlimited funds. Uh, most of us who live in the real world have to make these choices and make these decisions. That's not to say that uh, you have to totally wreck your your campaign because your budget is limited. Obviously not. Obviously, you can still do something even with smaller budgets. It's just how much you can do. So those tools that you're looking at and evaluating, okay, if you find an opportunity to, let's say, save money over time, if we go back to that, what I was saying earlier, between maintenance and promotion, and you, can, and you can advertise every single month, but it's at a discount because you're advertising every single month. Well, wait a minute, that seems like a better fit because I can save money on that. So that tool goes to a higher list because it, it matches in re- all the other requirements. It, it um, will reach my buyers. It's of a quality and standard that fits with my brand. It is a fit with my uh, overall program, what I can get from the, the activity choosing this tool is a fit with what I'm trying to accomplish. 
and I can get it at a discount because I'm just going to run the entire year. Well, that makes sense. Okay. So for my campaign, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to run it every single month because suddenly that discounted price fits better with my budget and frees up money so that maybe when I have a promotional effort um, in another quarter, I can use some of that savings and apply it toward the promotion. I know I'm throwing a lot at you right all at once, but uh, hopefully this isn't too confusing. So going back to those individual tools and choosing that mix, you evaluate them based off of fit and you evaluate them based off of budget, and then you look at shelf life, how long and how many people they can reach over a period of time. If your campaign is only going to run for two weeks, you don't really care if it has a long shelf life. In fact, it's sometimes better if it has a shorter shelf life because you don't want that promotion to carry forward. You're only running it for that simple, smaller time period. The maintenance program would be a completely different thing. You want the longer shelf life. So evaluate individual tools based off of those factors and look at them and say, okay, can my brand, can my company really stand out in this field? If it's a very popular magazine, for instance, this is an easy example. If it's a popular magazine and your budget will only allow for a quarter page ad in the back of the, of the magazine, is that really something that you're going to gain off of, I mean, is that really something that's going to um, work for your business? Because are you going to be seen if they have so many other ads in that back? Is your little bitty ad going to show up? Well, you have to look and gauge that for yourself. The answer is probably not, but you know, it's uh, something you have to, to determine for yourself. Something else to consider when you're evaluating a tool is the time of year and the life cycle of the tool itself. There are some tools that could be a great fit for your business in, let's say, the beginning of the year, uh, quarter one or quarter two, but not at the end of the year. Because the way the buyers use them, they're distracted or they are uh, looking for other things, like they're looking for holiday deals or looking for vacation packages and not necessarily looking for a consulting firm um, or they're not looking to buy uh, summer equipment in the winter. But you could get a good deal on the ad. Well, it's still, that's not going to be a great fit for your for your business. Um, there are trade shows, for instance, trade shows that are at different times of year that, hey, that could be great. Put all of your money into the campaign because on paper, it sounds like this is wonderful, wonderful fit for your business. It's going to be targeted. Your buyers are going to be there. And they are uh, all in one focused area and you can, you can reach them. And if you mail to them and do the pre-show work and then you run ads during the show and in the campaign, uh, I mean, sorry, in the uh, trade show booklet and all these different things that you can do. But then it's December when the show is coming out and they just forget about you by the end of the month. And they're like, well, I'm not going to buy anything until, you know, next April. So all of that work that you've put into developing that campaign, and suddenly, you've lost a lot of money, because you're gonna have to do it all over again, to follow up, and you're gonna have to do it again and again, because of the time of year. So when evaluating your campaigns and evaluating how much, how, what types of tools you're going to use and how much effort you're going to put into the campaign, you also have to consider how people will be able to respond to it. Will they have enough time to react um, because they're not going to fall into some other trap? And I keep going back to the holidays because it is something that happens pretty frequently. People get distracted by, uh, let's say, like Christmas, and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to buy anything because I can't think of anything else. I'm already so frazzled get to me in you know February, come back to me in February. So just consider in your campaign development whether or not it's the right time for you to put all of your money into it. And if it's time for you to pull so much money and throw so much money into a single tool or into just a few tools, you may find that instead it's better to back off a little bit and save some of that campaign for afterward or for later on and just kind of extend the campaign's life cycle so that it uh, goes to, let's say, three or four months rather than putting all of your eggs in the single basket, going back to that trade show, putting everything in the pre and event itself and not having enough left over for the after show part of the campaign. Just another helpful tip from somebody who's been around for some time and been doing this for a while. 
All right, so you've picked all of your tools. You've got them set up. They are a match with your buyers. They are a match with your marketplace. You can stand out. Your brand will shine like it never has before. And you are uh, able to afford all of it easily, including the development part of it. Now what? Well, you build another calendar. (laughs) Of course you do, because you need to know all of these individual deadlines. So you have an actual uh, campaign calendar that will help you keep track of the individual components of the campaign. Single projects, obviously, they just, they don't need a calendar, but Campaigns definitely do, especially when you start getting into very complex multi-channel campaigns where you're running over many, many different tools and they have staggered timelines. A staggered timeline could be that you run an ad on one day and then three days later it pops up in social media and then an email goes out the next day and then a direct mail piece goes out a few days later. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to catch as many different impressions. You're trying to get their eyes to look at your campaign as many different ways over a period of time so they can, it just kind of hits them and resonates with them and they go, oh, wait, I've seen this before and they stop and look at it. That's the theory behind it. It also uh, it could be that the tools that you've chosen are better suited for certain days of the week, uh, certain you know time that's better spent sent out on uh, you know maybe it's a Thursday at two o'clock rather than a Saturday at 8 a.m. And so your timeline is going to be a little bit staggered. Your calendar will help you keep track of all this. And once you've identified all of the deadlines, the actual hard, fast, fixed deadlines for getting any kind of artwork or any kind of files to the end media users, uh, then what you would do is you would go back and make sure that your final deadline on your master deadline or your uh, campaign reflects that need. So if your final deadline on your on your campaign, your final campaign deadline is past the time when you actually need to get your artwork in, then there's something wrong and you're going to miss it and you're going to miss that opportunity. So just make sure that you've got your deadlines all set up in red. I usually highlight them in red because it's um, it's important to make sure that things get there on time. Otherwise, you'll either have people screaming at you or you will lose your ideal space or you won't be able to run them at all, which is very sad. Once you've identified all of the different tools that you're going to use, and looked at the individual, what you're running. So if it's that ad, that quarter page ad, or if it's a full page ad, what you want to do is you want to collect all of the information related to the tools. So that could be the dimensions of that ad. It could be the length of time that you purchased for your radio spot or your television ad. It could be the number of impressions and what sizes you've purchased for your digital campaign. Or if you're running... Uh, on different social media channels, the limitations they have within their own posting. So each one of the social media channels is going to have a different size. Nothing is universal. (laughs) So um, whatever those may be, you want to identify all of those different uh, um, dimensions or limitations to to your promotion and know that those campaign tools have to be developed individually. It's not like they can just squish them or stretch them to fit. Each one has to be developed within those size constraints because otherwise it looks really, really terrible. And most of the different companies and media outlets are not going to run that. They don't want to look bad themselves. So they're going to tell you, hey, you need to make this camera ready, uh, which means that it needs to be ready to go. Um, either a high-res PDF or an InDesign file if it's print or a very high-res JPEG um, or a PNG file, whatever it could be, whatever you're trying to accomplish. Uh, that's the type of file it has to be a very professional level, very high-quality level, and then they can reduce it down if need be. I have to take a commercial break, so I'm going to continue that thought after this break. You are listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking to grow your business in 2019? You need CCS Innovations. We're an award-winning strategic marketing and design firm working with clients worldwide on achieving their business goals. Whether yours is a startup company or a multinational corporation, our experienced marketing team can help set you on the right path. 
Our services range from high-level strategies and branding programs to projects such as campaigns and websites. Need more than a single project? We can become your own outsourced marketing department. 2019 marks CCS Innovation's 10th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're offering I Think I Need Marketing listeners a 10% discount on all new projects started this year. Mention this show when you contact us. Start growing your business today by giving us a call at 703-988-7189 or visit us online at ccsinnovations.com, ccsinnovations.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to I Think I Need Marketing. If you have a question or comment for host Bonnie Taylor, please send an email to bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. That's bonnieradio at ithinkineed.com. Now back to I Think I Need Marketing. Welcome back to I Think I Need Marketing. If you're just joining us, today's topic is developing a marketing campaign and Throughout the show, I've been sharing my process for developing marketing and design campaigns um, in, and individual projects, but primarily uh, focused on campaigns. Before we took our break, I had to stop um, in the discussion of choosing marketing tools and looking at the different sizes and dimensions and the importance of using professional artwork, at least professional level artwork. It doesn't mean you have to hire somebody every single time although that would be probably ideal if you don't have the in-house resources to develop it yourself. Uh, You do need to have whatever you're submitting for your campaign, the individual pieces for your campaign, have to be at the exact dimensions or uh, requirements that the media has sent out, whatever they specified, and it has to be at a high enough resolution or a high enough quality that it prints or reproduces uh, on on a clean and clear scale. You don't want it to look cruddy. You do, it's, it just ruins the whole campaign. So just do yourself a favor and make sure that everything you're putting out there is of professional quality. Once you've chosen all of the other tools and you've determined your budget and you know your deadlines and you've got your theme in place and you know your buyers, you understand your marketplace and you have that end goal firmly in mind, you know what you're trying to accomplish with this campaign. Now it's time to develop it, the the actual concept and figure out what unique story or hook that you're going to use is going to catch those buyers' eyes, catch their attention and prompt them into action, positively into action, not throwing your ad across the room, but positively prompt them to go to your website or give you a call or make that purchase. I'm not going to lie. This concepting and design phase of campaign development is the most fun. It can also be the most stressful, (laughs) but it's the most fun because this is a chance for you to figure out what hook, what style, what what imagery you're going to choose, what layout, what text, what content, everything that you put into the individual pieces. What is going to make people say, yes, I want to purchase, I want to call you, I want to go to your website, all of that action that we're trying to pull from our buyers, what is going to make them do that? What is going to prompt that action? So the concept design, it goes back to your theme, of course, it goes back to your goal. You want to make sure that whatever the goal is, it kind of translates into that Maybe the headline. So if it we go back to that, we're opening a new office in Dublin, Ireland. Well, it's a case of, hey, welcome to our new office in Dublin, Ireland. Maybe part of your headline, you know, maybe that, that something obviously better than that, but something related to that is going to be part of your campaign. Um, it will have imagery 
that maybe is fun. Maybe it's taking wherever your office was or whatever you're known for and putting it in a photo of Dublin. Or maybe it's a we're now here kind of thing. You know, there are a lot of different ways you can take it, but you still want to get that overall goal message across in each one of the pieces. When you're looking at a multi-channel campaign, you have to consider the different sizes and the different formats you're going to have. So um, an ad that works really, really, really well in uh, a print magazine is probably not going to work equally well in a small digital ad because there isn't enough space. Uh, There isn't enough room to fit all the different pieces. You just don't have that opportunity to get the same degree of message across. So then you have to think of how you can rework it and make it still as effective and still get that same theme across without having, with while being limited by the number of characters, number of words, uh, the number of elements that you can put into place. For instance, on Facebook, you can't put very many words at all. They actually ding ads that have a lot of words in them. Very frustrating, <laughs> very, very frustrating. So an ad that is heavy on content, heavy on copy, is not going to work on Facebook. They're just going to reject it. So your campaign has to work across all of those different channels. Now, you may identify four out of the five that are really, really important. That fifth one is not as strong, and maybe that one is the one that doesn't have as much information in it, or maybe they all lead back to the website where all that information is located. Whatever it is, you just have to decide how you're trying to achieve that goal in the campaign. So the de- and then you develop the design, so the individual designs and layout, or if you're developing, let's say, radio scripts or television scripts, or if you are um, pulling together something that's going to have um, more of a like a performance to it, maybe it's a video kind of thing that you're putting up there and you're, it's, you know, you want to have just like little snippets of information and teasers of information rather than a full blown and do a series of those and then have your website, like a landing page on your website, be the full information, whatever it may be. You're just going to have to decide what works best for your individual goals and individual budgets. Um, but this is where the concept has to be carried through Throughout the campaign, your concept is 100% a part of the campaign. Each piece has to look like a match, at least in an overall style, with every other piece. Otherwise, it's not a campaign. There have been times in my career where a concept worked very, very well for one or two types of tools, but not at all. For others, And it was so frustrating because it's like, oh, this was a great concept for this, but it didn't work throughout the campaign. So back to the drawing board, back to trying to figure out working with designers to make sure that we can get the images or the layout or whatever it is. It's a process and it's going to be one that you can start with one concept and it, it evolves. And so just know that there's going to be some kind of It's very rare that the exact same design that you kind of thought out on the back of a napkin or something when you're at lunch comes out in the final product. There's always going to be a little bit of a tweak here and there. So just know that there's a stage, there's a process to this concepting design phase, and it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, The more tools you have, the more involved those tools are, the longer the time period. So that, of course, has to be factored into your overall campaign timeline, that calendar and if you don't have enough time to concept and design, it's and you're throwing something together at the last minute, you have to look at it and say, wait, is this really worth it? Is this something that, okay, we know it's going to be not our best work. Is it still okay to send out? Is it still is it that important to make that deadline? Or should we push the deadline to make sure that we, we have more time for this concept? You can get bogged down in the concept and design phase. Um, I run into this sometimes with, with uh, clients or with internal clients where it's either by committee where you have a number of different people and it's impossible to design with committee. There's always somebody who's going to say, I don't like it or I don't like this. And then you try and tweak to fit that person. Then you tweak another part to fit another person. And then what happens at the end is you get like this watered down design and it's not what it could have been. Try to appoint one person to make that final decision in your process and say, yes, I'm the deciding voice and this is my, what I say goes. Not the most uh, 
open of processes, but it is necessary sometimes because there are people who do get bogged down in the concept phase and the design phase. And they'll run into like round 20 of a proof. And it's like, but this is not very different from what we had in the beginning, or they've changed things only to change them back and change them back and change them back. It's what, what happens is it's like a fear of letting go. And it's a fear of saying, yes, we need to release this to the public. We want it to go out. So having a fixed deadline really does help keep that kind of, okay, we have to get it out the door. But give yourself some time. Give yourself uh, enough time to develop something good. I mean, if you're giving yourself three days to develop a campaign, well, okay, maybe it's not going to be your absolute best work, but maybe it will be good enough for what you're trying to do. Or if you're at the same time, if you don't have a deadline and you're trying to just, you know, go over the next year and you've missed that opportunity to actually use the campaign, use it to sell. Once you've designed all of your different pieces, make sure you proof them, of course, and you may find that it's uh, better to have somebody outside of the process proof them because fresh eyes can spot things that people who have been involved with the process for too long can't. After a while, it's it's hard to see things. And uh, if you've looked at something and read the same text over and over again, you can read past a mistake. Whereas somebody who's reading it for the first time, it'll stand out and it'll be really, really obvious. Now try to bring somebody back into um, to look at it. Now keep in mind, if you are working with a team of people and it's a matter of taste or voice, um, there has to be somebody who's going to say, yes, you know, I'm the final decision on this. And no, we're not going to make a change just because you like that a little bit more than another way of saying something. The bottom line is if it's effective, if it's something that's going to work with your buyers, then maybe a personal taste is not uh, as relevant. Part of the proofing process involves compliance with your brand. Your campaign has to be on brand. So if it's not, if it doesn't fit within your brand style guides, it's not a good campaign. It's not going to be a fit because remember, you're trying to build up that image. When somebody sees something from you, they automatically get that impression of who your brand is and who you represent and what you're trying to achieve. If you're pieces are off brand and let's say you use a completely different color scheme or your logo is different or some something is different, uh, use a different voice or um, go into a different style, that's going to confuse your buyers. So make sure whatever you're putting out there is 100% on brand. And that's what you should look at with all of your pieces. If it's not, fix it because it has to be on brand. And then you want to make sure that all of the pieces that you're using, um, one, you can legally use. Uh, You're not trying to steal imagery from somebody else. You have paid for it or it's imagery that you've created yourself. Now, it may seem kind of silly for me to say that, but you'd be surprised at the number of people who try to take something like off the internet. I'll just Google something and find an image. Well, you can't do that. And I'm going to have a show that's completely about the legal side of marketing because you can get to to some serious trouble doing that. And once, you know, it's not ethical. So make sure that you own everything, that everything you have is created by you or has been purchased by you. And that it's original. You're not trying to use somebody else's phrase. You're not trying to use somebody else's tagline. You're not trying to use somebody else's, copy somebody else's style. It should be unique to your business. These are all part of the proofing process. It's easy to get bogged down in a campaign and say, you know what, this feels like, you know, this is really funny. Ha ha ha. I really, really like it. And forget, hey, I just saw that somewhere else and we're stealing it from, from somebody. So the proofing process will, you know, completely 100% stamp of one of approval that it is yours and yours alone and that it is completely per the requirements of whatever media outlet that you're trying to send. So the high resolution of the files, the packaging of the files, how you're putting it together and you're sending it by their deadlines. Um, all of that is, you know, it's important. Your campaign is launched. It's been sent. The files are gone. Everything, you know, you're just waiting for the results. And hopefully, you know, if you listened to last week's analytics episode, you know that you can track some things. Hopefully you have some sort of tracking system associated with the campaign and that you can somehow see results and track those results. Now, if you're in a business where uh, the sales cycle is like a year or two years before somebody purchases because your, your products or your services are so large, it takes that long to convince somebody then you're not going to see results right away. 
Uh, but what you can see is people clicking on your website. You can see people who are calling in. You can see if it's a promotional type of campaign, you can see how many people responded to your promotion. So these are things that you want to evaluate and look at uh, in terms of was it a success or was it something that we can improve upon in the future? Because you have other campaigns down the road. If your calendar is open, then you're not doing a very good job with your marketing. Your marketing should be fairly consistent. And so you know that you've got another campaign coming up. Well, let's see if we can improve upon the last campaign. Let's see if we can improve those results. After the whole thing is finished, I'd like to have a project debrief. What worked? What didn't? Were there any problems? Were there any ways that we could have improved the process? Maybe it was, again, um, the one that I found is the biggest minefield is that concepting stage. For some reason, people don't want to let go. They keep wanting to tweak and improve it. It's like the the person who always wants to redecorate their house and make it better, and they just like are always painting the walls or always re-wallpapering or something. At some point, it has to be released. The debrief will help you evaluate the entire team, everybody who contributed to the campaign, and where you maybe found some places for improvement. Um, if it's working with a media outlet that was a little less than professional towards you as a client, then maybe you don't use them again. Or if it's uh, a process of uploading files and it was a little slower and it bogged down the entire process, well, don't use that one again, find something better. Whatever it is, um, even in the tracking side of things and not having your landing pages up right or not having uh, enough tracking on the tools themselves, on, on the campaign itself, whatever it may be, Having a debrief after the campaign has run will help you improve it in the future because campaigns are part of business. You are going to have marketing throughout your business life cycle. It's important to understand the process and make sure that it is running as smoothly as possible so that you can get the most out of your campaigns and out of your marketing program. I hope this has been helpful. You can find a copy of my own checklist on my website, ccsinnovations.com. You'll be able to download it from there. I think it'll be under a radio link or it'll be really obvious on the homepage. We are launching a new website very, very soon. Hopefully it will be on the new site when you go to look for it. Thank you so much for listening to I Think I Need Marketing today. I am Bonnie Taylor, and I hope you can join me again next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to I Think I Need Marketing. Be sure to join Bonnie Taylor for another episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, think of what you could be doing differently in your marketing program.